Hey there! Welcome to episode 74 of the Authors Read Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Ryan. Today's guest is Chris Kane, and he'll read from his book, Where is My Office? Reimagining the Workplace for the 21st Century. Where is my office? Reimagining the Workplace for the 21st Century by Chris Kane. Forward by Mark Thompson, former CEO and President of the New York Times. COVID-19 has given the themes of this book added relevance and urgency. By showing how much we can get done without offices, the virus has forced us to ask ourselves fundamental questions about how we work and how often and in what settings we need to come together to get that work done. Once employers and employees alike accepted the inevitability of office working, despite the costs and and inconvenience involved, now we all know that we have a choice. The office will only survive if it demonstrably adds value to our endeavours, if it promotes creativity, enhances teamwork and breaks down barriers between disciplines. Introduction The Executive Corner Office is the embodiment of having made it to the top after many decades of climbing up the corporate ladder. However, looking out beyond these four-cornered bastions of success and personal achievement, the world of work is changing. With all this in mind, and as we look around our 21st century workplaces, we should ask ourselves, Why do we carry on using offices in the way we do? How do we work differently now in comparison to 20 years ago? Why do we use offices in the same way as our parents did when it's so patently outdated? What do we need to do, if anything, and how might we go about it? We must not forget that today's millennials are becoming embedded in the management layers of our organisations. Another reason to get the workplace set in the right direction for future generations. These questions are being asked more and more by many business leaders and in organisations globally. And it is time that the supply side of the industry stepped up to the challenge. The impact of COVID-19 reinforces this. It is now an accepted fact that business agility is no longer a luxury. It is critical to survival. Although what is not understood is that alignment between workplace and purpose is a key tool in managing agility. I hope that in some way I can help business people face and cope with the complex demands of dealing with the 21st century workplace through building agility in their working environment. Chapter 6. The Future Now The future is not inevitable. We can influence it if we know what we want it to be. Charles Handy When it comes to to mind when you pass by an office building. 
those ubiquitous concrete steel and glass monuments built to service commerce and mammon, commanding the skyline of the modern cityscape and dominating the lives of the millions of people who work in them. Most people hurrying past these monolithic boxes do not really pay them much attention. For workers themselves, one office building is pretty much the same as all the others. It is just the place you go to work. Many of them are still unsure of the different work options now available, which do not necessarily involve commuting into an office every day. For business leaders, especially CFOs, they view the office building as an expensive, inflexible liability, especially when coupled with complex leasing systems, making it difficult for them to see how a cost centre can transform into a value creator for their enterprise. Again, it is down to how one perceives work, the workplace, and how they relate to office buildings. But what is becoming more evident is that they are no longer seen as edifices providing shelter for those working in them. As has been demonstrated, the way that many organisations function and the very nature of work has now changed. This has certainly provoked the debate among certain quarters about what the office of the future will look like, with some even proclaiming the demise of the office itself. What has not been focused on is what is the purpose of the office and the workplace in today's business environment? In one of my first meetings at BT all those years ago, it was my good friend Caroline Waters who hit the nail on the head by remarking, the only purpose of the office in the 21st century is to help the performance of the business. That, in a nutshell, is what should be the main goal, assuming that both the traditional landlord and tenant mindset can shift to a more progressive and forward-looking standpoint. However, this has been influenced by the convergence of three key aspects. The way the use of offices has changed owing to the digital revolution, the maturing of flexible working options and the nature of demand. The impact of property on the supply and demand side of the commercial real estate equation. The upsurge in sustainability and doing the right thing agenda. In other words, what I call smart value. This may appear as overly simplistic, but one is also factor in the enormous changes taking place which are altering the working landscape, one that is becoming more reliant on talent who wish to be agile and are more footloose. And this liquid workforce will drive real estate agility as the gig economy grows significantly over the next decade. Added to that, people are becoming increasingly discerning about where they work and who they work for. Reflected by global consciousness surrounding sustainability, the environment and ethical governance, ESG, plus the effects they have on business, society and by extension everyone's lives. This is a dilemma which enterprises and leaders are faced with especially when major Wall Street CEOs are making bold statements that awareness is rapidly changing and that the business world is on the edge of fundamental reshaping of finance. 
business people are sitting up and taking note. It is likely that the enforced large-scale shift to remote office working brought about by the COVID-19 crisis will accelerate awareness in boardrooms of the widening range of choices available in ways of working. Also, many of their doubts will be alleviated as to how it will work for their organisation. As this is still at a rudimentary stage, maybe leaders need to direct their teams to start focusing not just on cost-cutting, but on how the office portfolio could help business performance as more and more organisations shift increasingly to flexible work, which also includes more traditional companies such as Amex, BP, Cisco, Dell, JP Morgan, Chase, Philips, among many other major international firms. Taken together with early adopters like Google, Microsoft and Salesforce, who have already shifted their thinking away from real estate portfolio strategies to focus more on distributed workforce strategies, for the large number of their employees who will be working differently. This must be seen as a sign that just like the broadcasting world's migration into multi-channel viewing options, which provide choice for the consumer, commercial real estate's answer has to be multimodal, omnichannel working. One important aspect of the omnichannel model is empowering both the real estate sector and the enterprises which uses its spaces to develop a joint approach in building real engagement with the emerging ESG agenda while demonstrating true social value. How might a more joined-up approach deliver significant social value is a topic that merits further consideration beyond this book. For me, it is all about figuring out how we make better use of the built environment, since social value cannot be created in a vacuum. It requires the cooperation of all the stakeholders. The time has come for the real estate world to realise its potential in the social value agenda and the beneficial role it could play in the surrounding communities where its buildings are located. This is all part of the wider remit for both supporting corporations in their ESG performance as well as supporting the businesses which operate within their spaces and places. Converting social value into hard numbers a Bank of America global research study found that US companies with high ESG rankings in the S&P 500 index have outperformed their counterparts with lower ESG rankings by at least 3% every year from 2014 to 2019. Putting it simply, ESG derives value in the millions of dollars. But when an enterprise applies a holistic approach using my smart value framework, then the potential can generate billions. Undeniably a great prize. To help move to the next stage, here are six basic factors to achieve a great place to work. Becoming better informed about enabling work spaces that generate meaningful outcomes and measurable impact wherever people work. Ones which deliver not only entrepreneurial value, but social value, which also satisfy the ESG criteria of investors. Two, 
Spaces and places can be used in a smarter, more sustainable way for all the stakeholders, providers, consumers and intermediaries by adopting a fresh approach based upon improved awareness and stronger relationships. Three, recognising that the provision of offices, workspaces has shifted irretrievably from fixed to fluid with the new dimensions in demand and this should be seized on as an opportunity for all parties. Four, real estate providers and advisors need to create better relationships with their customers by educating occupiers on making the best use of real estate. Five, enterprise recognises the competitive advantage opportunity of harnessing the link between an engaged worker and a well-run productive workspace. This is now underpinned by distributed working. Six, review how enterprises organise their internal support groups such as HR, IT, corporate real estate and procurement to enable work and productivity. Consolidate and empower fresh focus to support omni-channel workplaces. The vision is to create 21st century workplaces which inspire employee engagement, foster creativity and increase productivity, whilst also improving an enterprise's capacity to compete and create value in all its guises. By working together, both producers and consumers of commercial real estate can create effective and engaging workplaces which play their part in leaving a more sustainable built legacy for future generations. In the words of social thinker, art critic and poet John Ruskin, when we build, let us think that we build forever. Let it not be for present delight, nor for present use alone. Let it be such work as our descendants will thank us for. End. I'd like to thank Chris for sharing his book with us today. And thank you for listening to the Authors Read Podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for the link to the book. If you'd like to support the Authors Read Podcast, please like, subscribe, or share. Until next time.